At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Third hour here on Live Bet Sunday. Jonathan Von Tobel, Jared Smith with you for today. We're here until 4 p.m. Pacific time. And Adam Burke is nice enough to give us some time. We are presented by BetMGM, by the way. He's going to give us an extra 15 because, uh, in Brian Ortega's words, our producer, a lot of meat left on the bone when it comes to baseball. <laughs> a really quick <laughs> update uh, when it comes to the final round of the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Roy McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, Harold Hatton, Harris English, and Kurt Kitayama all at eight under par right now. We also have a plethora, a glut, if you will, of golfers at seven under par. This is from John Nucci up on Twitter, an attorney and chief golf law correspondent at Condentramental, whatever that is. Got to give him the creds. PGA Tour record for most players in a sudden death playoff is six. This happened twice, 2001 Genesis and the 1994 Byron Nelson. We all remember it. So right now we have <laughs> remember exactly where right, I was. I was three somewhere. Five golfers who are sitting at eight under. So they could potentially tie it, or all these guys could collapse, and we can get like twenty golfers at seven under. I'm rooting for that. It would be tremendous. But we are looking at maybe a little bit of history. Also worth noting that Victor Hovland, um, Jared, very insulting to a lot of these guys. I well listen, said that he folds all the time, and the Hovland did does. find the water. So and Hatton's another one that's you wouldn't of- say it to his face. I would. I'd say, Victor, you've really struggled late in tournaments to keep your composure. Uh, How you, do you fix that? Uh, you call them a kid and dessert and cookies and something like that. Well, that's Terrell Hatton went to bed without dessert, and he gets very frustrated and then right. affects his next shot. I probably wouldn't say that to his face. My kid doesn't do that. I'm a good dad. Okay, let's talk more <laughs> baseball. <laughs> so, Adam, uh, first off, let's kind of put a bow on the win total thing. Um, you have all these previews coming up. Were there any specific win totals that stuck out to you? In Major League Baseball? So basically what I do is I, I write the whole preview. 
I isolate what I think is really important with that team, kind of not, some actionable stuff, not only for the full season, but also for single game betting. And then I go in and plug in the win total numbers and then decide, you know, do I think that there's some value on this or not? So I haven't actually done that with any of the teams just yet, but the AL East will go up tomorrow. So I haven't bet in the market yet. And I understand like people are going to go, well, you know, you're missing out on some value. You're missing out on some numbers. I mean, I'd rather have all my information together, yeah. especially again, yep. you know, we're seeing the early returns in spring training with stolen base attempts and what's happening in terms of how, how much more we're seeing not only attempts, but also successful tries. Like some teams are going to be much better equipped for that than others. Mm -hmm. So that's going to impact their ability to score runs, impact their projection. So there's just so much to take in. And also it's hard to lock into a season win total now when, I mean, there's still what two and a half, three weeks left of spring training. Right. Like I, what do I want to do? I, I'm all of a sudden going to bet, you know, Braves over and Ronald Acuna blows out his ACL again. Yeah. Like I, I have no interest in that. Hmm. So well, I, changes, I'm willing to wait. Rule changes wise, game to game. We were talking about this a couple weeks ago when we were doing the show. I, I don't know if scoring is going to be up from the rule changes right out of the gate. I think volatility will be up. There's going to be a lot of helter skelter. I mean, the, the pitchers just look like they're in panic mode right out of the gate. Do you think this runway to the season will kind of give them a chance to settle into these new changes? So there's there's a lot of layers to this answer, right? So guys don't really throw max effort in spring training, Correct. right? But there's some concern that with the pitch clock, guys may not throw max effort most of the time. They have less recovery time between pitches, right? So maybe they're not sitting 96, 97. They're sitting 94, 95. That's a huge difference. Yep. That is a massive difference. So there's that question that we can't answer in spring training because guys aren't throwing at max velo yet. They're just they're you know they're easing into the season, building up their they're arms. Spending, all of they're experimenting that. the grips too, right? Right, Stuff exactly. Like that. Yeah. They're they're you know some guys are coming out there and their appearance is all fastballs. Yep. That's it. They're just throwing fastballs because their fastball command's been bad. So we don't see them mix in sliders, changeups, etc. So I don't really know you know how to handle how to handle the pitch clock as of yet. Obviously, we've seen you know the automatic strikes, the automatic balls, this and that. Um, but one thing I think could happen, and I kind of mentioned this to Gil Alexander on Friday when I came on a numbers game, is if pitch velocity is down, exit velocity should be up. And mm -hmm. if left-handed batters are more comfortable pulling the ball, and I heard Guardians' you know, new acquisition, Josh Bell, talking about this in an interview. He's like, look, I don't have to shy away from hitting the ball to the pull side anymore on the ground. So, you know, we see all these articles about, well, you know, this guy's had 12 hits taken away by the shift. This guy's had 10, but you have a different hitting mindset now in the box because you know, if you want to pull the ball, you can. So I think pull percentage goes up when pull percentage goes up, exit velocity goes up when exit velocity goes up and pull percentage goes up, you hit for more power. So I think all of these things could lead to an increase in offense. With that being said, the caveat I told Gil on Friday is the ball doesn't carry in April. Mm -hmm. So we may not see it right away, but May, June, July, August, it might be like, we have a brand new baseball like we had a couple of years ago and offense just spikes. So I, I honestly don't know, which is not the answer you want to give in the line right. of work that we do, yeah. but I truly don't know until we actually see, you know, some data and actually see the games in front of us. Do I think the books adjust totals? I think they have to at the Absolutely. outset because Joe public's going to go, well, there are all these rule changes. There's going to be more runs. Like I'm just betting over, 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 you know, over all these single game parlay props and all that. I think the books will have to adjust it could start out slow with scoring, but then it could perk up. So let me ask you this then. So we always we always talk about stuff like this, and so let's let's just say, 
Books adjust totals because public bettors want to bet these things over. Mm. So theoretically, it would track that then early there might be value on unders. Right. So then let me ask you, what does the process, for anybody out there, what does the process look like on a game-to-game basis if you want to jump in on the value in unders? You know what I'm saying? Because I think right. a lot of people will be listening to this and go, okay, I'm going to bet unders. Do I just fire on every single under that comes out early on? So I think what I would look at in the month of April, and this is something I'm going to try to focus on, Fly ball pitchers should do better in the month of April because the ball's just not going to carry, right? Ground ball guys, they, they're going to be subject to so much more variance now. Yep. If you're a 50-plus percent ground ball guy and you don't have the shift anymore, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, if you're a ground ball guy with a high walk rate, I'm fading the hell out of you yeah. because that's just not a – you're going to allow a lot of base runners. Balls are going to find holes. It is what it is. In April, I think fly ball guys, I would look towards the unders because the ball's just not going to carry. Yeah. Guys aren't going to hit for home runs – you know, doubles may get caught in the alley, stuff like that. So I think early I look for fly ball guys as the year goes along and the ball carries more. Maybe ground ball guys figure it out. They make adjustments. They add some swing and miss, something like that. But, yeah, that's the thing that, that I really look at is you have to look at the pitcher himself and what his distribution of batted balls is, how much capability does he have for swing and miss, because a lot of ground ball guys don't get strikeouts, mm-hmm. right? So will they try to get more strikeouts? which could mean more walks by nibbling, stuff like that. Uh, and then the other thing would be, you know, like I said, looking at teams that are left-handed heavy against right-handed starting pitchers that are ground ball guys, those are games where I don't know if I could trust that pitcher. So that's a little bit of a concern. And then lastly, if you want to bet an under, make sure the bullpen is intact. Yep. Make sure you don't have guys that have worked back-to-back days that pitch in high leverage because you're going to need those high strikeout guys at the back end to get you to an under. Because I know people are scared of unders because of extra innings and all that kind of thing. If the guys are there that typically protect one-run leads and they're rested and they're ready to go, that's where I'm comfortable with betting unders. Well, that's where the first five, first three, and dare we say nerfy bets come into more. Uh, uh, call them no-run first innings. No-run first inning bets. Come I'm, I'm tired of the. I, I, I love the JVT ran on, on the Nerfy. <laughs> it's okay. I, I will it. if we do more shows together during baseball season. You will be absolutely living. Well, because you know what I can't do. You know what I hate to. No you know what the thing games. that annoys me the most actually when it comes to stuff like this. You know what the laziest nickname is is when you put the E at the end of it. So like <laughs> you know like ESPN they have this big thing where everybody's like Greeny or like Golicky or like everybody. Yep. I'm like come on like that's. But there's an I at the end. So how do you? I, I'm just saying. I just it sounds childish. Like, my, my, my one-year-old came up to me and said, Murphy, today. Like, because he can't talk. That's Let's fair. call them what they are. But to that point, I think the one prop that I like the most out of any of the early props is the walk props for the pitchers. Because not only will there be panic, and maybe they'll just run out of time and the ball will be issued, but you mentioned, especially no shifts, pitchers might be more inclined to go for strikeouts, which means more nibbling on the zone, which means more outside, low, high pitches that are called for balls. And, of course, the counterpoint to that would be if you're a hitter and there's only two infielders on each side, you're going to be more aggressive with putting the ball in play. That's fair. So there, that's the problem. Is like Everyone's like, well, is this going to increase scoring, decrease scoring, whatever? I could make a, a point and a counterpoint to all of these rule changes. Yeah. Right. So this is the stuff that drives me crazy and keeps me up at night. I think is, we can all agree. It's still not going to be good for Joey Gallo. <laughs> I don't know, man. I he gets a fresh start at least once again. Well, did you say who what, who were they playing the other day? Where they brought the center fielder in and then they just rotated. Right. <laughs> like, well, that, so that's going to be a thing. Like teams that have really good defensive outfielders. Yeah. Like so, the Guardians, for example, Quan and Miles Straw, mm-hmm. two center fielders essentially, two Gold Glove guys. 
they could run a two-man outfield sure. if they really wanted to and just put Oscar Gonzalez behind the second baseman. Teams will do this. I mean, I think it was probably the Rays that did it because the Rays are always the most creative team in baseball. Like, teams will do that. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, so anything hit in the left field corner becomes a triple. Like, that increases run expectancy. You yeah. know, so there's just all these different things that I, uh, again, I, I love baseball, but I hate the fact that everything fundamentally changes every single offseason. Talk about this for another hour, but you've got to get out sure. of here, and we'll get to the eventual World Series champion Angels uh, maybe sure. a couple of months down the road. Why yeah. not? Yep. Uh, when Mike Trout plays in like 20 games, and then, of course, everything. Do they trade Otani at any point? They have to, right? I mean, I, mean, I would think so. I think they're going to be a little better this year, to be fair, a little better. But I mean, I, like, Their they, rotation's much better than Oh, it, yeah. Like, they, they have some strengths, but, I, like, by the time you get near the trade deadline, I think it's going to be pretty clear they're not going to World Series team. I think you, you have to. I mean, I would think I would have traded him with a year and a half left and completely rebuilt your farm system. I'm, but, I'm with you as somebody, I, somebody who like, again, is a fan of the team. I wish they would have sold them off. I actually was in the camp of trading Mike Trout too, but you know, the injuries and stuff, I don't think there's, there's value there, but not as much as it could have been. All right, Adam, again, I want to emphasize uh website, Royal baseball classic write-up is up now. And then starting tomorrow, the team previews one a day. Is that what we're going to do? Or how's the role? I think up? we're going to do a division, maybe two divisions a week. Okay. Two or divisions so. a week. Maybe, maybe a little more than that, but the AL East will come out tomorrow. Cool. AL East preview is going to be out tomorrow for each of those teams. So make sure you check that out. VSIN.com. And as Adam mentioned, it's a good point out. You don't have a subscription. You get 10 articles for free. So that's, come on, the entire, it's the entire division if you want it and more. Check sure. it out up at VSIN.com. Adam, appreciate it as always, dude. Yep. At Skating Tripods, get up on Twitter. We'll take our break. We'll update everything going on in terms of live sporting events and more. Ooh. We got a tie here, huh? All right, Adam's watching this Kennesaw State Liberty game. We'll come back. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. A reminder for all of you, before you make your next bet, make sure you hit up vcin.com. Check the current betting splits data. If you want to know where the money and bets are moving every game, betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. You can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match public opinion. And check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way vcin's here to make you smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. A quick update, McElroy, 8-under, Scheffler, 8-under, English, 8-under, and Kitayama at 8-under. Now, two of those men that I mentioned. Rory almost hit it, Ooh, or Scheffler almost hit it in the water. Um, Man, I still think Rory, it's, uh, Rory or Scheffler. I know you wanted me to pick one, but I, I those were the back two and guys. Backing down, backing down. Those were the two guys that I like coming into the day. And those, To be fair, you got a ticket on Rory, right? A 10 I had some. a pre-flop ticket on Rory, and then today when I saw Scotty's odds, I thought that's a fair price for where he's marked at. You know, the data projections had him at about a 32% win probability, which is about plus 210, 215, and he was plus 225. I was like, all right, well, there's a little value there on Scheffler, and I think to diversify, right, diversify your bonds a little bit, you have Rory and Scheffler, and it looks like those are going to be the two guys at the top, but there's a couple of other, I would say, fringe contenders, even mm-hmm. though they are tied. I wouldn't put a whole lot of faith in those two, but you never know. Yeah, and the, uh, the two of the names that we mentioned there, McElroy and uh, English, both in the clubhouse. They're done for yes. the day. 70s for each of those two gentlemen who are at eight. So at least we're going to have a playoff. At worst, yes. we're going to have a playoff. But I still think Scotty, he could chip in for the win. I think we're going to have a three. Well, Kitty Yama here. Okay, I mean, yeah, Kitty Yama's still got some real estate to work with. He's through 16 at eight under. So he could find his way yeah. to the top of this leaderboard. Fun times. Um, this is no, this is a really good tournament, and I again I like chaos and like weirdness. So like a four or five guy playoff would be brilliant to watch. Yeah. Can you um can you what are the playoff rules here? Can you find that out, or do you know them I'm already? Assuming it's sudden death. Usually I'll there's sudden death in the. In the Some of these tournaments, tournaments are weird. Some of them are like yeah, we're gonna play yeah. four holes on Monday. You, like, okay. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> you, you, I remember one time the U.S. Open was an 18 hole playoff. Oh, Kitayama sunk it right. Well, I'll be honest. I just ate my words because I've been trashing this guy the entire right? round. And I, what if I, I have been faithful, Kurt. I've been faithful. I've been telling him, don't trash my guy, Kurt. That is, it's a, it's, 
Look, so he bo- he triple bogeys nine. He pars out the rest of the way up until here on 17, where he sinks that birdie, and now is at nine under. But he also, I mean. That was a ballsy putt right Yeah, there. it was. And he's got to kind of be kicking himself a little bit because he could be comfortably up outside of that triple bogey and falling apart on nine. So, But he still has 18. Kurt. Yep. And Scheffler still has a chance to chip in here. You're a guy. I mean, this is he knows he needs this now. He might go for this. But the problem is he's going to go for this, and he might spin it. This is for birdie? Ten yards past the hole. Yeah, this is really all he's got. Yeah, not even close. Wow, yeah. that was that was awful. That was really, he played a super conservative. Yeah. Hmm. Kitayama, nine under. And uh, that for Scheffler, again. So much for a playoff, huh? Yeah, maybe. We still got time for your guy, Kitayama, to uh, shrink as you expect him to. <laughs> we'll see. Deserves a little bit more respect. I wanted to ask you a question. And I will say, you know, how do I put this without sounding weird? I think about you sometimes. Okay? And the Thanks, times bud. the thing the times that I would think about you, actually, it goes back to these yes and no run first innings. <laughs> and but I, I liken this, so this is what I actually I used you as an example one time during a live bet Saturday because nice. I like when you get used when I get used by you. Right. There you go. See, make it even weirder. <laughs> so I was using it in football, right? So what I'm going with is, so in football, for example, what I like to do when it comes to live betting is more often than not, those first drives are very successful, more successful than you think, because those are scripted plays, you're getting ready. And so from an in-game perspective, right, it's a really good option to kind of go in in-game and play against the first drive, because a bad team might even have a good script, but then afterwards, when you get off script, it gets pretty bad. So I, I use that comparison because I brought up when I brought up you that one time, which was just like when we talk about these yes or no run first innings. The general thought is, oh, first no runs, of course I'm gonna. Yeah. Th- that's not gonna happen here. When in reality, it actually happens more often than you think, and it's the same thing. I think generally people don't think, oh, those first drives generally don't end in touchdowns. Actually, it happens more often than you think. So I wanted to bring that up because. I just wanted to get your general sense of how you handle these yes or no run first innings because they are a lot more popular. We are coming back up on baseball season, and you are going to see a lot of yurfies and nerfies, and a lot of Twitter cappers are going to throw out a lot of these, and they're going to get a lot of pretty popular. So just in general, how you handle these yes and no run first innings, and is there theoretical value in actually betting these yeses because the nos are so popular? Yes. I think all of the things that Adam mentioned about – where the rule changes will eventually shake out has a huge impact here. But to me, the market is pretty quantifiable and at least half of the market is because you have the pitchers and they have very defined hit rates in the first inning of what their yes or no run first inning rates are. If you just mash those together, do some simple math, you can get a theoretical probability of what the two starting pitchers hit rates are, and then you can just compare those to what the odds are, of course, plus, you know, even odds being 50%, and then you can get quote-unquote value, and I've kind of made a little spreadsheet that's gotten that. The one part of the spreadsheet that I'm still working on is the offensive side and how that fits into the mix, but I do think you have to use those kind of as a separate handicap, but to your point, the yes run first innings tend to be on the plus side of the market, Right. so Early on, if we do get more offense or as the season wears on, if the offense has become more prominent, I did notice significant shifts in the percentages of when the Nerfies would be more profitable compared to the Yerfies in each month of the season. For example, early on in the year, it was very no-driven. Then it skewed to yes and then back to no towards the end. It was almost like a kind of a, a wave, so to say, up and down. So, 
listen, I, I think this market, because of the popularity of it, will continue to be a market that we pay very close attention to. The more bets that are taken on this market, though, the more the sports books will pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to continue to have evolution here. But I, I agree with Adam. I, I need to see a lot in the rules changes before I really dive in. It'll be a lot of tracking early on. It'll be a lot of kind of not number grabbing, so to say, but I guess kind of posturing yeah. as we get closer to, let's say, two weeks into the year when I can really start to dive so in. That's, uh, so that's my next question. So for me as a baseball better, I like to vet sides uh, in – one of my big things in totals, but one of my things is I like about two, three weeks worth sure. of sample size because I'm, I'm very much one that I, I like. One of the angles that I'll use every baseball season is that ERA, FIP differential, and using that to play against yes. the market, right? So for those who don't know, fielding independent is a, it's a, it's a little bit more of an accurate way to get a number on a pitcher. And a lot of the times after you get larger sample sizes of data, you will get these pitchers who have these deltas in their ERA, in their yeah. FIP. Huge. And, and it, I'll give Adam, because I don't know if you can tell, I got excited when Adam came in, because yeah. I like to learn from smart guys, and Adam gave me a great point yes, uh, last year, which is, especially with the way the balls are, fielding independent, which doesn't incorporate the home run to fly balls, which, like, that's a little bit better for you in terms of a more accurate number. So, like, using that, I like to wait and get a couple of games under these guys' belts so yeah. you can start playing against those deltas, and it sounds like you're emphatically 100%. in that direction. To your point, my spreadsheet for nerfy pitchers, I put, you know, a daily spreadsheet, and I take... Fangraph's numbers from the first inning, FIP and XFIP yep. are two of the most prominent things I look at. I look at walk rate, I look at strikeout rate, FIP, XFIP, ERA. Mm-hmm. To me, those are the kind of big five of if you're avoiding getting runners on base and you're good at striking out hitters and you're good with, and if your FIP and your ERA are in line, then I feel a lot more comfortable betting a nerfy. Whereas if you have a high walk rate, low strikeout rate, and your XFIP and FIP are higher than your actual earn run average, that's where the Yurfi becomes a little more prominent in that hand. And I'll throw a batting average on balls and play in there as well. You know, like yes. I, one of the extreme examples. That, that's there. I think I have average on the, yeah. I think that's the one I missed is average. And, and, and I think one of the things, like this is an extreme example, but I think it's good for our audience to kind of paint this picture. I think this was two seasons ago. I think it was Dakota Hudson. So it is first like two starts. He had a, he was walking like over two guys in inning. His, his whip was like over two. But his batting average on balls in play was like 0.2. Yeah. And he had an ERA of like 0.9. And you're like, okay, these do not jive in any way whatsoever. He's allowing two runners every inning that he's out there. And yet he's escaping by the skin of his teeth. This guy's going to blow up and it's going to get ugly. And sure enough, it did for like, and again, I don't know if it's exactly Dakota Hudson, but we're painting the picture here as we're kind of getting into baseball season. These are the conversations I like to have because you want to get ready to handicap some of this stuff, but that's generally the way that I'll use it. Super simplistic way to look at it, but it it is. And and listen, this isn't rocket science guys. Like I, I don't have a degree in engineering. I mean, to make these spreadsheets, I just understand the way the markets work a little bit. You understand some of those key factors that you kind of bake into your cake. And then the numbers do the talking. Once the spreadsheet is designed and formulated, you just put the numbers and who the starting pitchers are that day. And the rest of it takes care of itself. You punch in the odds of what each nerfy is. You do the comparison based off of what the hit rates are. You spit out a quote unquote percentage of EV expected value. And you just let the market speak for itself. And you let the numbers do all the talking. I personally don't do as much handicapping of the actual no run first inning bets as much as I do number formulating. There is some handicapping, especially lineups day game after a night game. I mean, there's a little bit of situational handicapping that can go into it, but for the most part, it's just a spreadsheet. You put the guy's numbers in, you copy and paste, and then eventually you find yourself a a solution. By the way, Ortega, I told you 
when we were preparing for, preparing for the show, I was like, eh, I don't know, hour of baseball. We did an hour of baseball. Uh, okay, so it looks like Kurt Kitayama is going to take this thing. We will give you the official update on the other side, but I think he's got two putts to seal this thing up if he so chooses at 900 with a stroke lead over McElroy and English. We'll give you that update, a little bit more on hoops as we are at the break in the Big Ten between Indiana and Michigan. A lot more to get to here on Live Bet Sunday. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get everything you need to bet the madness for only 19 bucks. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get unlimited access to our daily best bets tools like our exclusive betting splits plus our big dance bracket and betting guides. These guides feature in-depth breakdowns of all 68 teams, Cinderella selections, bracket predictions, and picks on every tournament game for VEASAN experts like Brent Musburger and Greg Hoops-Peterson. Now today, get the betting guides plus full access to VEASAN to the end of the tournament. Only 19 bucks. Decent.com slash subscribe. All right, this guy totally no-showed uh, last segment, so uh, <laughs> we have decided to let him back on. <laughs> I'm like, Danny Burke is here. Uh, I actually totally ignored him. We were supposed to talk to him 15 minutes ago. Hilarious. What's up, buddy? Are you mad at me? My former co-host on Live Bet Saturdays. <laughs> I know. I'm just feeling like you're just, you know, you're kind of leaving me out to hang here. We're not, we're not co-hosting anymore. You're like, forget about him, you know, doing him a favor, bringing him out. Nah, it's all right, guys. I know you're sweating out the, uh, the golf and, uh, talking a little bit about the, uh, yes and no run first innings, which Jared special, the guy crushes it. So uh, I will easily take a backseat to that any day of the week. Family <laughs> effort. Now we're all going to crush them next year or this year because yes, we're all going to be engaged with the nerfy, but I'm not allowed to say nerfy anymore, and I'm going to keep saying it just to piss off JVT. Well, so now. Danny actually has a little bit of insight into this. Danny, do you remember the term that I uh, I said we could not use on Live Bet Saturday anymore during college oh, football season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't say tutty around JVT. <laughs> That's the word you can't the say. Stupidest yeah, term. Yeah, the stupidest Fun police over the here. The stupidest thing I've That's ever heard. That's what I'm saying, well, right? Peter, Danny, come on. <laughs> so I'm a fun guy. I don't know why those things just annoy me. I don't know why. Uh, all right. The, one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on too, Danny, to promote, we have a lot of new stuff coming up around the network and the VEASAN hockey betting podcast is one of them. You and Andy McNeil uh, do a great job in terms of uh, putting these out. What are they twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays? Yeah. Yeah. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, typically the busiest days during the week, uh, aside from Saturday, you get a good slate with the puck, but during the weekdays, uh, yeah, hockey betting podcast twice a week, going over the biggest games, our top plays, latest news, injuries, who's going to be starting between the pipes and updating the futures odds as well. All right. So with that, we do have a couple of games uh, that are yet to be played. A few of them actually going to get started here in 30 minutes. Uh, I know that you mentioned that the more interesting game tonight, 6 p.m., puck drop between the Kraken and the Avalanche. Avalanche $1.65 favorite with a total of six. What are the insights here for us? Yes, yeah, so you see Colorado is a pretty sizable favorite like you just listed. You're seeing a minus buck 60 on the screen right now, cracking plus 140 on the buyback. Now, Seattle's been a fairly hot team as of late. They won their last three games. They've been playing very tough, especially on the road. You look at these home and road splits for a lot of these teams, and certainly you see some discrepancies. But Seattle's been fairly sound away from their home ice. In Colorado, we know that they've struggled from the beginning of the year, haven't looked like the same team they did last year, of course, winning the Stanley Cup. Yes, they've dealt with a lot of injuries, and they're finally getting healthier now, but you're coming off a really bad performance yesterday. Uh, they lost at Dallas 7-3. They also gave up seven goals the game prior against the Devils, the Devils team that did a 180, much like the Seattle Kraken. The, the thing you got to 
keep monitoring those. Who's going to be starting in the net for the Avalanche? Georgiev played last night against Dallas, right? He gave up five goals and then he was taken out. So he was in for about 19 minutes, which could warrant him going on the second leg of a back-to-back, -back, but also because of his performance, it wasn't that strong. Do they want to go with him? Do they want to give him a day off to kind of recuperate all of those things? It's, it's tough to gauge right now. So we're not really sure if he's going to go. Uh, Philip Grubauer looks like he's going to be in the net for Seattle, and he's actually gone up against the Avalanche twice. And in those two games, has only surrendered three goals on 46 shots. So Grubauer's had the Avalanche's number this year. And again, Seattle overall as a unit have been good on the road. So I kind of look at this spot with the unknown situation with Colorado and their goaltending. They're on the second leg of a back-to-back. -back. There's no way I could warrant laying that much with Colorado. So I, I haven't played anything yet. But if I'm going to do anything, I, I think you got to look at the value with the underdog in Seattle in this spot. Top of the hour, two teams that are on the outside of the playoff picture, at least right now, um, Philly and Detroit. Philly, a slight home favor, about 30 cents. What do you make of this one? Yeah, you know, this one's really difficult to assess because you, you would want to back Detroit in the spot, especially with them in the underdog position, but they have been so tough to trust lately. I mean, they're on this losing streak. Uh, their playoff hopes are out the window, and they kind of teased you a little bit at some point in this season that they could find in a wild card spot, kind of sneak in there, but this collapse in this stretch is not helping them whatsoever. It looks like you're going to get Carter Hart versus Huso, and Huso could have some good outings himself, but Detroit is a unit, a team that, of course, we talk about home and road splits. They do fall in that category of doing a lot better at home. So I get why there is a little bit of love to the Flyers here. Again, a team, though, that has been terrible the entire season, so I can't justify Lane as high as minus 140. Uh, no play for me here, Jared, but if I had to do it, again, would probably lean toward the plus money. Hmm. So I wanted to go back. So the uh, most recent episode on Thursday, of course, of the, uh, again, hockey betting podcast, you can find anywhere you get your podcast. You and Andy talked about the trade deadline. And I always love trade deadlines, right, Danny? Because we always do the same thing. It's like, okay, team X acquires player A, uh, thus mm -hmm. let's bet them, right? And it's obviously already baked into the market. So I'll ask it in this way. What move that was more depth oriented did you like the most that actually increased the probability of a team's chances of winning the Stanley Cup that may not have been, right? One of those fringe moves that kind of fits like square peg and square hole that really we really like that maybe not it didn't gain as much traction. Right. Yeah. And the obvious answer that everybody talks about is Patrick Kane and the other pieces going to the Rangers. And like you said, already been baked into the market. You've seen those odds shift. I think one that was pretty good, and Andy did speak on this on Thursday is what the Edmonton Oilers did adding to their defense. Cause we know how great their offense is with Connor McDavid leading the way you saw that on display in the playoffs. You've seen it on display most nights this season, but then the reason that they aren't consistently successful is because of that volatility and how vulnerable they can be on the defensive side. So they added pieces to really boost up that end of the puck. And then you saw it pay dividends already. in at least the first couple of games, once that got added against the Maple Leafs and then against the Jets, and then they had another game against the Jets that didn't go as well. But Edmonton, in terms of the futures, I think are attractive. And when we were talking about it, Andy said he saw them as good as plus 750 here in Illinois. The best number I saw was six to one. And I haven't searched since like the other day, but there was still just a one book at six to one, but I was just looking now at like bet MGM. And now they have dropped the plus 450 to come out of the Western conference, because again, they really are having a couple of additional pieces away on the defensive side from arguably being that top spot in the Western conference in the Western conference. 
way more open, a lot more parity can be presented in that conference as opposed to the East where you have the top of the list with the Bruins who are clearing away the best team. And then the Hurricanes would be your next choice to go with. But the Oilers, yeah, like you're seeing now at DraftKings 5-1. to one. I don't hate the idea of 5-1, to one, but obviously search around, see if we can get a little bit better. And at this point, you know, we talk about trying to make a profit with these futures. If you get them to at least the Western Conference Finals, then you have an opportunity to hedge, to cash out, whatever your book may be offering you. But this team is definitely talented enough to get to that position, especially because there's not a clear front runner in the Western Conference. Like the Avalanche, odds are too short at plus 275. Golden Knights, I have questions about their goaltending. Uh, the Stars, Jake Ottinger is awesome, arguably the best goaltender in that conference, but are they going to have enough to go on the road and perform exceptionally well? Can their offense deliver every night? So that's why I'm looking at a team like Edmonton, who I think, based on what they did last year and what they added, could easily get deep into this postseason run again. Danny got about two hours until the game of the night in the Eastern Conference, Knicks and Celtics. And I was looking at uh, the VEASAN.com plus picks, and, and you've got two of them for this game. And uh, we're in line with the Marcus Smart threes. That one is Ooh, one that okay. jumped out to me because of just, well, you know, the Knicks are a good defensive team, but opponent three-point makes, they're kind of outside mm -hmm. of, of the top 15 there. And I think that defense is going to force the ball out of Tatum's hands. You also think, you also think Mitchell Robinson might be a big force on the glass tonight. Uh, for the Knicks. Yeah, so with the Marcus Smart one, uh, I like that we're on the same page here. Always helps uh, vindicate the selection, <laughs> right? But no, you're right. I mean, look, the Knicks are a solid defensive team overall for the most part, but they're allowing their opponents to shoot over 38% of their shot attempts from beyond the arc, which is 26 in the NBA. And the Celtics, a team that does love to chuck it up from deep, Marcus Smart being one of them, 51% of his shot attempts come from beyond the arc. And it's not like he's been as successful in connecting, but the opportunities are there. I could have thought this number was going to be at two and a half because that's what I recall it typically being when I would look at Marcus Smart's props. So one and a half, even though I'm laying a little bit, minus 125 was the best price I saw. Yeah, I'm willing to take a piece of that. So I, I got Smart over one and a half, three-point field goals made. And then you mentioned Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, over nine and a half rebounds. I bet Rivers had him at plus 106. Pretty much every other book had him like maybe minus 105 or so. With Robert Williams being out, I think that's going to be a big boost for Robinson and just because the plus money in general since he's came back from that injury he's gotten over this rebounds prop mark in four out of the five games he's already averaging the entire year at about nine rebounds and because that big body and Williams is out I think that is going to give him an additional boost and especially because like I said the price of it is tempting to the over took a little piece of that as well Danny Burke five up on Twitter and again the Visa and hockey betting podcast one of the new additions to the lineup here at Visa and the podcast network that we got going on Danny thanks a lot man appreciate it you'll be on live that Sunday coming up in a couple hours right yes sir you got it thank you fellas appreciate it Have thanks, a good for, one, uh, Danny. thanks for sticking around buddy we'll come back <laughs> we got plenty left to get to At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. 
Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Even a wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Place an NBA one-game parlay wager with four legs or more, and if you miss one leg, you'll receive up to $25 back. Just opt into this promotion on BetMGM's app or website. One game parlay, you can make selections within a single NBA game, including team and player props. Opt into the promotion, then place an NBA one game parlay wager of four legs or more. You'll get up to 25 bucks back if you miss one leg. BetMGM and GameSense do remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Also not available here on Live Bet Sunday. Apparently, some glizzies. No uh, glizzies. The uh, the line, I have never. I don't, I don't think I've seen such unbridled rage. 
than what I just witnessed about two minutes ago. almost like he ago. lost an Academy Awards bet. Uh, it seems like it. Our producer, Brian Ortega. You know, look, we're in here for four hours, right? I mean, yeah, just yesterday, what did I do? I scrambled over during the break to get one of the cold-cut boxes that they have at Starbucks. Paid 14 bucks out the nose for it, but hey. I feel like you're a value guy. That's a negative easy it, it is right but there. i'm not a value guy when i'm hungry so like you know That's, what i mean so desperation like, yeah. is a stinky cologne right uh, <laughs> so like you know hey i get it we're in here for four hours like the the glizzies are right here you want to go the grab glizzies one right here? aroma is intoxicating in a pungent way it's really good and um i guess the hot dog lady wasn't fast enough for our guy brian ortega he came in here enraged like calling for jobs enraged he actually <laughs> went over to another one of our producers matt santos who he thought had gotten the hot dog <laughs> and was like, did you get that? Like he was, he was furious. That's what we call hangry. <laughs> I've, I've never seen it. Like I've, I've, I've can lost. we get, can you cue him up now? He's got a great, I mean, come Look, on. He's, bear, he's, he's turning red there on it. Like he, he was bright red, just like a good old glizzy. Right. right? There. I have like, I do not use the term fury lightly when fury. I talk about like the emotion that Brian Ortega wanted was, a hot dog, man. Not. But here's the good like, news. Brian, they're not going anywhere, bud. The stand's going to be there for another couple hours, right? That's true. Um, but no, I was just like, you know, because so I, I get the blasphemous thing of just getting the hot dog with the ketchup on it, oh. um, which I know you don't like it, but it's Can we fast. talk about that <laughs> first before Wait. we get to your anger about so, not getting a hot so dog? before you get on me, um, I just like the people who get like two hot dogs, which is the, I think three is the max, but with like, like just filled just really like throws me off. Especially. That's me, by the way. Mustard, onions, and sauerkraut. Maybe some relish if I'm in a relish. Never tried meal. sauerkraut before. Sauerkraut's fantastic yeah. on What's hot dogs. What's the flavor profile on this? It's is it salty? Cabbage. Is it sweet? Well, I know it's cabbage, but like, what does it taste? Is it salty? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Salty with some lettucey mm. crunch to it, soaked in cabbage juice is kind of the best way. I got to a, I got a shake of the head from Matt Santos back there. So I mean, it, it's definitely an acquired taste. It's yeah. not something that I liked out of the gates. I was a ketchup and yellow mustard guy for many years yeah. until I evolved to the brown mustard and sauerkraut, call it the New York City-style dirty water dogs that you see on the street there. Yeah, I'm a big, yeah, Chicago dogs I came around on. Yeah, those are pickles on them, right? I don't know about pickles, but I guess relish is kind of the same. Don't they put tomatoes on those, too? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not, you know, I've also, I'm I'm not really a horseradish guy. I don't like the flavor. It's fair. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's also an acquired taste. Because I'm a spicy guy. I like spice and whatnot, because somebody tried to come at me one time, you can't handle it. No, I can. It's actually not that hot. It's just the taste kind of tastes terrible. You know what I mean? Also, people coming at anyone for their taste in foods Mm -hmm. is the the silliest thing ever. I understand that there are unpopular takes on foods, but... Everyone, just let everyone like what they like. You know what I've heard? I've heard Harry and Izzy's, it's a spot down there in Indiana, has really good horseradish. Speaking of. Indiana. The Indiana Hoosiers. That's an expert. He's a pro, everybody. They're down. They're down (laughs) by six. Uh, this is a tight five, game. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. They closed, I think, what, three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Hoosers did. 42-36, 15-51 left to go in the second. I did not just Google horse radish in Indiana and desperately try to you find You definitely the did because I saw you <laughs> typing on your laptop. That's what pros lie. do. That's what Don't pros lie. do, man. That's what you got to do. You make the leap from horse radish to Indiana Hoosiers down six. With well, I would have made a Hoosiers joke about – yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I mean, I've never seen the movie, so I, I would give you That's nothing. That's true. That, that movie came out before 1990. So. Uh, I, I think I know the year. 80, 84? Definitely in the 80s. That feels right. I will check yeah, it for you. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's well. I, you know why that probably feels right? Because I think that's one of the years that Indiana won the national title. Oh, okay. I, yeah, okay. My sports knowledge. I remember one time when I was uh, in my when I was trying to decide what I wanted to be, 
and I was at dinner with my mom and likes one of her coworkers, and she was like, "Oh, what do you want to do?" And I'm like, oh, "There's when I was going to college." Sure. And I was like, "Oh, I think I want to do sports media." And she's like, "Oh yeah, who won the 1937 Heisman?" I was like, "I don't know." Like, why would I know that? Like, who cares about that? She's like, you got to know those things. Like, I, I'm no, no. like that with mascots and, yeah. and state capitals where the useless knowledge, right. you probably can name any state capital or state, and I name the capital, or any mask team, and I'll name the mascot. Indiana. Right. All right. Hoosiers? Indiana. Yeah, what are you doing? Oh, no. the, the mascot the, or the, the, or the, the state capital. capital? Indianapolis. That was Come easy. That was um, easy. By the way, the movie Hoosiers came out in 1986. You were very close. Okay, I was close. All right. I think 84 is when Indiana won the national title. Did, that, did that, they I, turn that around that quick? No, so the movie Hoosiers is actually not about the Indiana college yes, right. team. It's about a high, high school, school team. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, so it's still overrated movie. That's my take. Overrated? All right, well, I'll take your word for it. Wait, I, so that means I, you're not a Gene Hackman fan? He's great. Just the movies. Man. I was wrong, by the way. 81 and 87 is when Indiana won the national title. And I did just look that up on my computer right now. Oh, you didn't know that? Google. Not oh, random old lady I had dinner with one time would she tell would you tell that you're me a I'm, failure. Yeah, I'm yeah. in the wrong business. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know every national title in order from 1905, whenever they had the first one. I don't yeah, so know. Right. You know what's funny, too? Is I, went look, one, I, yeah. I looked it up. It was like some running back from Army that won it that year. And I was like, Obviously. Right. I don't think anyone in like a school that is relevant now won a Heisman until like the 50s or 60s. Like maybe Syracuse's Jim Brown. Yeah. The uh, 20s and 30s were all like Yale, Harvard. Cornell, all those guys. Athletes are different back then, huh? Yeah, a little different back then. Imagine an Ivy League guy being on the Heisman podium today or, an, or, or a player from Army. It would be the most unbelievable story in all sports. Uh, it would. Nobody would buy it. Nobody would care. No. It would never win. Uh, okay. A couple of updates. So I wanted to mention this very quickly. So Michigan, Indiana, 42-36. Michigan in-game is a two-and-a-half point favorite. Totals 138-and-a-half. We haven't really been watching this. No, so I haven't been watching it all. From an in-game standpoint, it's funny. Like I think there are people who look at stuff and go, okay, Indiana was a five-point favorite. They're down here. They're an yeah. underdog price. Let's play it. I'm very much in the camp of I want to see what's been happening here. Agreed. And like one of the instances, it was one of the topics you brought, you and I brought up when it came to this matchup. Indiana has had problems in this in conference play with turnovers. Yep. And one of the things that they did in like the possessions we were watching is it was just a sloppy pass to a Michigan player. They get out and run. Michigan does, and it ends up in two points the other way. Uh, this has been, I think. Kind of, and if you look at the box score, it tells you a little bit of the score, the uh, the story as well. That is kind of what has been holding Indiana back. But only six points and 15 minutes left to go. Actually, we'll call it 16 because it's 15:51. Indiana still has plenty of time to get this, and this is the variance that is baked into some of these numbers. Yeah, you know, this happens over the course of in college basketball, 70 possessions. See if they can dig themselves out of this one. This box score is very telling, and it's actually a good, I would call it, educational moment for analyzing box scores. Michigan has the lead or tied in three very key areas yep. when games are tight. A, turnovers, B, rebounding, C, getting to the free throw line. They're plus three, or actually plus two now at the free throw line, five out of eight compared to five out of six. They have two more attempts at the line. They have three more rebounds, and they're tied in turnovers. If you win those three categories, three-point shooting obviously is another one that yeah, is Yeah, one of ten is not big great volatile. for Indiana. The, and, and, but that's a little more volatile because I yeah. think Indiana can make some threes. But I think the, the vibe of the game is telling us Michigan is tougher, rebounding on the glass, getting to the line, and, of course, holding on to the ball. In those three areas, they tend to be a little more predictive. Three-point shooting obviously being the more volatile of the category. And this really transpired here in the second half. This is a 17-9 lead in the second half for Michigan. So they were yeah, down, down two at half. Yeah. yeah, they were down two at half, 29-27. Yeah. Really I would be willing out. to bet Indiana if they're a dog in this spot. I mean, yeah. I, I think, again, this they're not down in those key areas by a lot. Mm -hmm. And if they can make a couple more threes in the second half, 
they're probably going to win this game as Michigan just makes a three to go up nine. So I would be willing to bet you're probably getting a fairly f- decent number on Indiana here right Do now. Do you believe, let me ask you, as you look at a team like Indiana, who reached some pretty high highs at the early yes. portion of this year, but also one of the reasons why they I think that, what did they lose, five out of six around that time where they were getting blown out by Kansas? Yeah, they lost injuries. to Rutgers, Arizona, Kansas, yep. Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State, all in the span of about six weeks. And injuries were a big part of that. They were yep. losing some guys pretty frequently. So what's your read on a team like Indiana whose lowest points are intrinsically tied with losing yeah. some key players? But at one point, the market and the nation, if we're talking about media, really believed in them. I would say upside. I, I would say the players that they have at the top of the Big Ten are some of the best players in the Big Ten. So when they play at their best, they are good enough to beat anybody. But we have seen them lose games in, I would say, pretty you know ugly ways. Yep. And you're losing to me, I, I do like to look back at early season gains, even though I know that the teams have evolved. I like to know how teams fared when they did manage up in competition. Indiana played okay. Nice win over Xavier on the road earlier in the year. They beat North Carolina. I know that win doesn't look as good now. But, again, anytime you step outside of your conference and you beat a team with a high profile, I do think that speaks to the overall depth and talent of your program. But when they stepped up in class against Arizona and Kansas, they got their butts kicked. And I think that's the more telling part when we get into March and they face non-Big Ten teams. All right, we'll take our break. Final hour of Live That Sunday. It's just been a breeze. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I want to play a game. Can we play a game when we come back okay. at the top of the hour? Saw. Let's do it. Let's do it. When we return, hopefully there's some glizzies in this studio too. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.